Hey, Jacob's Well Online, this is Shua. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We are wrapping up our series, When You Pray, a deep look at the Lord's Prayer and seeing what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. Thanks for listening. I might offend a couple of people with this, but Wisconsin is kind of a weird place to grow up. You know, for me, I grew up in a small town, Osseo, Wisconsin, and we are fiercely proud of being Norwegian, of this heritage, right? We know that we came from the Vikings. We're very proud of this. These, these hardcore warriors of the past that somehow over the centuries, we transformed from those epic warriors into these potato-loving, lefsa-obsessed people who eat lutefisk once a year, which if you've never heard of it, it's like this weird gelatinous fish thing, but it doesn't matter. How strange that is. We are proud of what it means to be Norwegian. It's something we belong to. We also, from a very young age, learn that we belong to some other dynasty. One where the streets are paved with green and gold. One where, when we look at the adults in our life, we see them rocking giant blocks of cheese on their head, and we don't question it. No, this is encouraged And people do this as a sign of their allegiance, right? A couple of other things that are weird about growing up in Wisconsin. I don't know if you knew this. We are the bratwurst capital of the world. So be proud of that. That's a fact. Um, We have more lakes than Minnesota. But you don't see us bragging about it, even though it's on their license plate. I don't understand. And we prefer to use our hand instead of a map when we're trying to tell people where we live. We just kind of point somewhere around there, right? This is a weird place to grow up, but it's ours. These are our sports teams. This is our heritage. This is our country. And we tend to build a lot of our identity on the things that we belong to, to the things that we call home. Today, we're wrapping up our series on the Lord's Prayer. And this concept of where we call home, it comes into full focus. So as we've been working line by line through this prayer, let's just kind of remember where we've been. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And now that brings us to the final two lines as we wrap up this series. We find it here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. These two final lines, they're actually connected in a surprisingly powerful way. You see, God has a solution to lead us not into into temptation, to keep us from evil. And it's this beautifully simple thing, yet very profound. It's that we would immerse ourselves in the kingdom of God. First off, something has fundamentally changed in you and I when we put our faith in Jesus. Our sin has been paid for. That old self, that old person that we were, it's been crucified with Christ. That's no longer us. We've been given this new person. We've been born again into a new reality. And now we're citizens of a heavenly kingdom. Long story short, if you were to sum it all up, this world, it's no longer our home We see this in Ephesians 2, 19. So now you Gentiles, basically anyone who's not a Jew, so the vast majority of us. So now you Gentiles, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. And then again in Colossians chapter 1, 
for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. We are now citizens of a different kind of kingdom, something far better than the one that we were born into. But the kingdom of God doesn't work like the kingdoms of this world. It's very different. It's not just some outside force like the governments that we're used to. No, this kingdom, the kingdom of King Jesus, is established in the human heart. And King Jesus is working towards a complete, full restoration. Something so important about him is he doesn't just stop at, I saved you, which would be enough. That'd be incredible. No, he doesn't just stop at saved, and he doesn't even just stop at adopting us as his sons and daughters, but he continues through this process called sanctification. This idea that he is going to transform our hearts every single day. He wants us to know the kind of freedom we've never dreamt of, to experience a kind of life and love and purpose beyond what we thought was possible. And that kind of shows us that when we pray the Lord's Prayer, in some ways, it's kind of a dangerous prayer. When we ask him to deliver us from evil, we're actually making a very bold request. We're saying, okay, Jesus, no matter what it takes, even if it hurts, I want to be more alive in you. I believe what you say, that you have things in store for me that I've never even imagined. And if it means I have to let go of this thing, this sin, this temptation, maybe this addiction that I've been clinging on to for so long and lay that down, even if it hurts, it is worth it so that I can know and be with you. It's deep. But the cool thing is our king, he doesn't just leave us in the struggle. No, Jesus in his kindness and compassion has designed a path to freedom that is beautifully simple. And if we would just embrace it, if we would just go all in, we would see that when we lay down our burdens, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I wanted to share something that has been really powerful in my life. When I was in college, I, um, I met with a guy named Abraham Nam, and he was the guy who would disciple me. And as I met with Abraham week in and week out, we would go through the scriptures and we would go line by line and he would ask me these deep questions and have me kind of look at the context and look at the comparisons and how things relate from book to book to book. I was learning so much. And I loved going to their house because Sarah, his wife, would cook the best food ever. These incredible Korean dishes. I'm still obsessed with this yellow curry. It's amazing. <sighs> anyway, this time was precious to me and I was learning a lot but I still will remember and I think I'll remember it for the rest of my life one piece of advice that he gave me that stuck with me and it has to do with this fight against sin this war against those urges inside of us and what he said is stop putting all of your effort into not sinning I'm gonna say that again stop putting all of your effort all of your focus all of your time and energy into not sinning it's not gonna work You're only going to find yourself frustrated and exhausted when you fail. Some of us, many of us, we try to muscle through our sin. We see the issue and we think, if I just put enough effort in, if I just focus hard enough, if I just try enough to not give in, and we try and we try and we try, and then when we fail, and we're human and we're very prone to do that, it's crushing. It's so defeating. It feels like this never-ending, never-winning battle. 
And that's because that's not how God has intended it. No, the true path to freedom that Abraham taught me, it's when we immerse ourselves in him. The more that he served and prayed and read and spent time with Jesus and cared for other people, he found that Jesus became his everything. And over time, he didn't even notice that he'd stopped loving the sins that were used to be slave to along the way. His point that he was trying to drive home for me was that you should turn your focus away from being angry at your sin and instead turn your attention to being in awe of your Savior. Do you see the perspective shift here? It's really important. Instead of focusing all of your energy on the negative and what's wrong and what's broken and what you wish you could fix, you look to the one who is better and, and, and beautiful and who can give us life and hope and freedom. See, that's what it means to really see yourself as a citizen of the kingdom when we submit our hearts to the rule and reign of King Jesus it changes our whole perspective we start to see this world through his eyes we start to fall more in love with his ways every single day and that's why there's this passage in Philippians chapter 4 is so beautiful finally brothers whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is commendable if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. It's lifting our minds up to that which is, is better, to the one who can give us hope and freedom. I look at this and I just see a compassionate heart of a king for his children who wants to see us changed from the inside out. And he knows that in the process of changing us, we're going to be ripped away from some of the sins that we have clung to so hard. And that can be a painful process, but here he is offering us this beautifully simple thing of instead of focusing on what's broken, focus on what is beautiful and precious and good. This message of the kingdom of God was massively important to Jesus. If you were to summarize all of his teachings on the idea that the rule and reign of God has come and it's being established on earth, but it's being established one heart at a time. So that begs the question, now that our citizenship has been changed, what does that mean for us? Like how should that affect how you and I live? You see, when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're asking God to do something pretty powerful. We're saying, God, take all of your power and your rule and your reign that exists in heaven, and we're asking you to bring it here. We're asking to see that power and that authority in action. We want to see you right the wrongs and heal the sick and overthrow the corrupt. Please, God, when will you do it? When, oh Lord? But here's the thing. He has already established and commissioned a master plan a people to be his hands and his feet on this earth. And that's us. That's what the church is. That's what the bride of Christ is meant to be. Men and women who have been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, who now can represent, who can be ambassadors for the gospel. That's why this passage in 2 Corinthians is so powerful. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who, through Christ, reconciled us to himself 
and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So it is Jesus who has reconciled us. Our, our eternity, our identity has been reconciled to God through the love and strength of Jesus. But then look at this. He has brought you and I, Christians, believers, the church, into this ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, praise God, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. This, this is our mission field. Right here, the Chippewa Valley. For every person who is watching this, believers in Jesus, we have been made to be ambassadors for Christ, to represent him well in this world. And he's given us this opportunity. When we see things that are wrong or are broken in our midst, in our community, that we would be the ones who would rise up. When we see injustice in the world, a heart of compassion and action should rise up to protect those who are vulnerable. When we see people who are sick and are hurting, the poor, the widows, and the orphans, we're the ones that should rise up to provide, to meet the need. See, the kingdom of God, it's not just about salvation or adoption or eternity in heaven, as amazing as all that is. But the kingdom of God is something that is alive and active today, right now. And when we pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, we are asking him, not for some future day, as amazing as it will be to see him face to face, but we are saying, God, bring your rule and reign from heaven to us here on earth right now in our time, in our day. And he's saying, I have a solution. It's you, church. Get mobilized, meet the needs, reach out. It's time for us to represent and to see our role as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. So for next steps, I've got one major question for you. How are you immersing yourself in the kingdom? If God's solution to deliver us from evil is that we would be so immersed in him, so surrounded by him, that the more we spend time, that we pray and we read scripture and we serve other people and we look for needs, that that would start to crowd out the darkness. Instead of focusing on what's broken, the more we focus on him, his attributes, his beauty, we fall more in love with him and that changes us from the inside out. But that does mean there's some work to be done. We have to look at our time, how we spend it. What What do our calendars really look like? Is he the priority? Have we immersed ourselves, surrounded ourselves, set him up as the one main thing that our hearts are chasing after. So how are you immersing yourself in the kingdom? And then finally, next week, please listen to the message. It's going to be a really powerful week. Pastor Paul is going to be back up here, and he's going to be sharing where our church is going. What's the future of Jacob's Well look like over this season? What has our leadership been praying about and, and, and made decisions and found some direction on? It's going to be something you're not going to want to miss. This is a season of uncertainty, of a lot of questions, a lot of wondering how... Life is going to look, and I think this message is going to bring clarity. It's going to be a powerful message out of the book of Acts. You're not going to want to miss it. Let's pray together. Jesus, God, you are so good. And Lord, we owe you everything. And we look to this truth of the kingdom of God. We look at this thing that you have spoken so much about. And you have bought our citizenship in. Lord, I pray that we would start to see ourselves differently. 
that we would be immersed in the kingdom of God, that we would choose things that are above. We would lift our thoughts to the things that are higher and of you over and above our sin and the things that try to drag us down. And God, I pray that we would be bold in representing you with truth and with love, with gentleness, with compassion, and the people who we have the opportunity to do our ministry with and for, that they would see men and women who are soul sold out, motivated by the love of Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.